The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began to look at the supply line of prayer from Ephesians chapter 6. We were beginning to see how important logistics are to the success of a battle. When General Patton was stopped in Italy, it wasn't because of the enemy being so powerful. It was because his own supply line failed. But prayer is not only our supply line, it's also a secret weapon of sorts. Join us today as we conclude this sermon on prayer. We see that it supplies our every need, and it is a powerful weapon against the enemy. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. We will 
You know, I've thought about that very often, about the peace that passeth all understanding. And really, I think that's just talking about peace that surpasses all of the circumstances of life. What you look around and understand to be happening, what you see in your life, and you come to the logical conclusion that, for instance, there's no way across this Red Sea. That's what the children of Israel did. They, they came up to the Red Sea, and they looked behind them, and they saw Pharaoh's army, and they saw the sea in front of them. They came to the logical understanding, which was understandable, that there's no way out of this situation. And then they began to murmur and complain and, and cry out to Moses, Why, oh, why have you brought us out here just to die? And Moses said, Stand still and see the salvation of God. And God delivered them in a way they never expected, in a way they hadn't calculated in their human logic. And you know, that's the way God often does. Listen, he's done that here at this church. There's no logical way we ought to be here in 2023 preaching and worshiping the Lord like we are here on Sunday morning and Sunday night. It was down to one member and there was no way, logically speaking, that one member could sustain this church. And you know what? That's right. <laughs> there was no way that that one member could sustain this church. But what we forgot about is the supply line of prayer, the secret weapon of prayer that was being offered up. And God had a way of delivering that none of us would have ever imagined. <laughs> you asked me back in 2010. Brother Chris, I think you'll be preaching at Zion in 2023 on the second Sunday in January. I said, you're crazy. You'll lay a bet on that? <laughs> I give you odds, <laughs> but look where we are. God delivered in a way that we never expected. And if we had just known it then, we could have not worried about it. We could have said, Lord, I know you're going to deliver. I just can't wait to see what, you know. Those children of Israel on the banks of the Red Sea, if they had had the right attitude, they'd have run up there to the water and they'd have looked at the water and they'd looked at Pharaoh and they'd have turned to each other and said, this is so exciting. <laughs> God's going to deliver us. I don't know how, but he's going to fix this situation. He's going to take us somehow. I don't know if he's going to zap them or zap us somewhere else or what, but he's going to deliver us. You know, I can't tell you how many times I poor mouth God. You ever done that? Poor mouth God, poor pitiful me. There's just no way. Now you may not use God's name. You, know, you may not say, God, you can't deliver. I've never said that. But when I've looked at my circumstances and I've said, there's just no hope. There's just no way. Basically, I'm poor-mouthing God. I'm diminishing His ability in my mind, diminishing His ability to deliver. But you see, in everything, we're to pray. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, thanking God that it's not worse with us than it is. Maybe that's the only prayer we can pray, thanksgiving. But hey... It could always be worse. God, I don't deserve the blessings I've had. If God never blesses me again, then my prayer could still be a thanksgiving saying, Lord, I know it's been pretty rough since January the 8th of 2023, but praise God up to that point. You had blessed me in so many ways. There's no time when prayer is not appropriate. Perpetual prayer, praying in everything. And our type, the prayer that we're to pray is a prayer of petitions. It's a prayer of specific requests. It's okay. Over, back in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, notice what he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. 
Okay, the word prayer there, a Greek word for prayer that's used praying and prayer is the same Greek word, but there's a different word used when it says supplication. The first word is the general word for prayer. The second word, supplication, is a word for specific requests, specific petitions. Don't think there's too much that God is dealing with that he can't hear your specific prayer. You know, I've, I've thought this myself, and I've heard people say this. Maybe you've said it yourself. I don't want to bother God with that. C.S. Lewis again wrote this. He said, he has infinite attention to spare for each of us. He does not have to deal with us in the mass, as a mass, you see. You are as much alone with him as if you were the only being he had ever created. Now, I think that sometimes he's got so much to do. That's not the way God deals with us. He's dealing with each and every individual prayer. You remember, you remember Nathaniel in John, the first chapter? Nathaniel was, uh, his brother came to him, and uh, or Philip came to him, and and uh, said, I found the Messiah. He's from Nazareth. And he said, he made the statement, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You know, they didn't think there was anything that could come from there. He, they were very prejudiced against him. And then he came to Jesus. And when he met Jesus, he said, I, Lord, I believe. I, I, I've, I've come to the understanding you are the Messiah. And he said to him, Jesus answered and said to him, before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Now, there's a lot of speculation about what was happening under the fig tree. Was he uh, in despair? Was he angry? Was he committing some sin of some sort there and was just struggling? I don't, I don't know. We don't know, and he didn't tell us, and that's okay. Because what's happening, what was happening under Nathaniel's fig tree may be different than what was happening under your fig tree. But I can promise you this, just like he saw Nathaniel under that fig tree, he sees you and I under our fig tree. He didn't just look down and say, oh, there's a mass of people. I'm just going to scoop them all up and save them, okay? I've told you this before. Our eternal election was not in the sense of God decided to take a scoop and dip down into a, a, a box of seeds like he would at the co-op and just grab out whatever he could get and put them in, over into his bucket. It was an individual choice on his part. Remember what he said in Isaiah 43, 1, But now saith, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. And if that's not sufficient for you to understand that he's looking at you, he said, I have called thee by name. Thee by name. Our names. We, ourselves. We are engraven in his hands, in the palms of his hand, not just a bunch of mass of humanity, but we are. He said, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. God is not too busy with everybody else's problems to hear about yours. There's a lot of petitions going up all over the world right now. And God is dealing with every single one of them individually. Sometimes, though, we say, well... I'm not going to bother God with this little problem. You know, this is too little for me to take to God. Let me ask you a question. What big problem can you really bring to God? You say, Lord, I, I really need the sun to stand still for a day. We'll talk to Joshua about that. He stopped the, stunts, the sun. That wasn't a big problem for God. I dropped my axe into the, into the water. I, I need to get it back. Well, the axe head floated for Elisha. 
You need a dead person to rise? He can do it. Do you need a new universe? You need a, new, a whole new universe? You need a star, some more stars and planets and all that? It's the finger work of God. It's the work of His hands. He, he didn't even break a sweat. He spoke it into existence. There's no big problem for God. So I'm going to just keep my little problems. And bring. No, there's no big problem. And that means you can bring every problem to God. He's not bothered by our problems. He said to come boldly before the throne of grace. We have uh, our petitions that we are to bring to him. We're to bring boldly to him. <laughs> Somebody asked me one time, should we be praying for specifics? I, I'll tell you this. I was, I was in the middle of a trial several years ago up in Fayette. It was a pretty contentious trial. And, of course, I was convinced that the person was guilty that I was prosecuting. And I was on, we were on a break, and another lawyer came in to talk to me about another case. And I said something about, well, I was praying for a conviction in this case. He said, you really pray for convictions? I said, I pray that the Lord will convict the guilty. I'm not just throwing out some amorphous general petition. I mean, yes, ultimately our prayer is your will be done, but it's appropriate to ask for specifics. When I would pray that prayer, Lord, convict this person, I would always append to that, Lord, your will be done. Certainly if he's not guilty, if I'm wrong, we didn't want that. But my point is we can ask for specifics. And let me just say this, don't use prayer as a fire escape. I do that too often. I know. I did it last night as we talked about. Sometimes I get that into that situation. But don't wait for the situation to blow up in your face and only then cry out to God for an emergency escape hatch. Okay? Sprinkle everything you do with prayer. Weave prayer into every situation in your life. Don't make a decision apart from prayer and then decide to fix it by sprinkling a little prayer on it. I heard the story about the preacher that was pastoring a small church and then a bigger church, much larger church, called him. And while he was there meeting with them, they told him about the salary and the salary was about double of what he was at the little uh, church where he was currently pastoring. So when he went home, um, his wife asked him, said, well, what are you, you going to do? He said, well, i tell you what. He said, I'm going to pray about it for a little while. If you would, go on upstairs and be packing. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> he was going to sprinkle a little prayer on a decision he'd already made. Don't go off headlong into something without praying about it. James tells us, I believe it's the first chapter, that if man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally and upbraideth not. That's one of the prayers that God says specifically. I'm not going to fuss at you about that. Call on God for guidance. And I want to tell you this about prayers. We sort of try to bring this on down to a close. Our prayers are powerful. They are powerful. Notice what he said in Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Capital S. Spirit in the spirit that means with the spirit that means in line with what the spirit wants that means that the spirit empowers our prayers sometimes you say well I don't know what to pray for well there's many times I don't know what to pray for there's times I can't even get the words out because I don't even know what to ask 
But we're told in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 that the Spirit helps our infirmities. He says, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I heard Brother David Crawford talking about a time when Boo, his son, was very, very sick as a baby. and He went into the chapel of the hospital where they were and he said, I could not even get the words out. I just groaned before the Lord. And an older preacher told him one time, he said, Brother, that's some of the sweetest praying you've ever done. That's some of the sweetest praying you've ever done. I've done that. I've been to the point where I couldn't do anything but groan. I didn't know what to say. But you know what the Spirit of God does? It takes those groans. It takes those state. Maybe you mispray. Maybe you misstate something. You know, I've heard people pray sometimes in church. I, I remember one time, I can't remember who it was here, prayed. Didn't know I was going to call on somebody else to preach because I didn't think to mention it to them. And they said, be with Brother Chris as he preaches tonight. But it turned out to be Brother Buddy or somebody else that preached. What does that mean? I guess they didn't have the blessings of God because they didn't say the right thing, right? <laughs> no. The Spirit of God knew. The Spirit of God took our prayers that we may have messed up or we didn't know what to say and translates them into groanings that we can't utter but that are sweet incense before the throne of God. These prayers are powerful. This supply line we have is powerful. This secret weapon is powerful. James chapter 5 and verse 16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's that word there, effectual, fervent prayer. That's the Greek word in energio. It sounds a lot like energy, doesn't it? And in fact, that's where we get our English word, energy. And that means to be active or to be efficient or to be mighty, to work effectually in. Our prayers, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. One of, when God's children pray, this version of prayer, by the way, denotes those specific requests and those specific needs. It's not the general word for prayer. When we pray, God hears that as powerful well, you may say, well, I can't pray like this. Uh, you know, effectual, fervent prayer. Oh, man, I'm not much of a righteous man. I, I, I don't have that energy. I can't pray like that. It was just those super saints that could pray like that. It's just those super Christians that can do that. Some of you preachers can maybe do that. Well, beloved, I want to tell you that some of us preachers, myself in particular, are, don't feel very energized sometimes. and don't feel very fervent sometimes. and don't feel very strong sometimes. But notice what it says here in going back to James chapter 5 over in verse 17. He says in verse 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And he goes right on to tell us about this. Elias, that's Elijah from the Old Testament, was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Here's what he's doing for us, and I love this about the Scripture. He's given us encouragement that we don't have to be super saints. See, this is the same Elijah who wound up under the juniper tree, fleeing from one woman. He had slain 800 prophets, and he was fleeing from one woman. And he'd gotten so despondent. He said, Lord, just take my life. 
this just ain't worth it. I'm the only one left. I'm going to tell you, I got an Elijah problem sometimes myself. I have an Elijah problem. I, I, have, I can point you to many juniper trees in my life that I've gotten under. I've been under them recently. Oh, Lord, there's no point. Just take me on home. And oh, by the way, Lord, I know once I'm gone, your whole kingdom will be shut down. Because I'm the only thing holding it up. That's what Elijah thought. <laughs> There's nobody left but me. God just, I can just see God smiling and shaking his head. He says, Elijah, I got, I got thousands over here that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. They're still being faithful. You see, Elijah, who wound up under the juniper tree, had just prayed that prayer about the rain, that effectual, fervent prayer. Beloved, Elijah is no better than you. He's no better than me. We have the same ability that Elijah had. And finally, the prayer that we're to pray, this supply line of prayer, is a prayer that we should persevere in. Okay? We hear a lot about perseverance out in the world and the in the religious world today, the Calvinist world today, and it's not the kind of perseverance I'm talking about. Praise God that it's not that kind of perseverance. They teach that if you don't persevere in faith and good works, you never really were a child of God. Or, and some of the Armenian friends say if you don't persevere, you're going to lose your salvation and die and go to hell. That's not what I'm talking about here. We're talking about prayer for a child of God. And we are to persevere. Look at what he says back in Ephesians 6, 18. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You see, persistence is the key to the supply line of prayer. You remember Luke 18, the woman, the little widow woman over there that needed help and she, prayed, she was going before an unjust judge. She was going before a judge that didn't have any regard for God or man. But she kept bugging him. She kept going to him. And finally, he said, I'm just going to grant her petition because I'm tired of hearing from her. <laughs> and what he's saying to us there, Jesus is saying, look, if this unjust judge is going to grant this petition because she won't quit coming to him, what do you think God's going to do to his children that he loves? I mean, it may not take but one prayer. He may answer it just like that. And that's wonderful. But God wants to hear from us just like we like to hear from our children. You know, I read an account over there of Daniel in the 10th chapter of Daniel. Daniel was struggling with some things and he began to pray consistently. He did it consistently for three full weeks. He was mourning. And then when the angel finally came on the scene, he said, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before God, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. But yet it was three weeks later before he actually appeared. Don't give up, okay? Don't give up. God has his own timetable. You know, you can't drive a nail with one lick of the hammer. Don't, don't try it. <laughs> At least if you try it, don't be holding it with your hand. If you try to hit it hard enough to drive it with one lick, you're going to bust your thumb wide open. You can't win a battle with one swing of the sword. You know, what if I walked out to the battle and took my sword and said, Shoo, there, one, you know, <laughs> There's the enemy out there, and it's a continual fight. It's a persistent fight, and we need to persevere 
in prayer. You can't win a war with one drop of gas. Patton ran out of gas. And he had to have a consistent supply in order to move forward. Likewise, we need a constant supply line. So, what does this mean for us, practically? You say, preacher, sometimes I just don't feel like praying. That's okay. Pray anyway. <laughs> Pray anyway. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't feel like it. Pray until you do feel like it. <laughs> you know, that's what sometimes we need to do. Sometimes it takes praying to feel like praying. <laughs> Just like it takes reading the Word of God sometimes to feel like reading it. Sometimes I don't want to open the Bible. I just don't feel like it. But if I promise you, if you'll do it anyway, pretty soon you'll feel like it. See, you don't need to run out of gas. You need, you need it for the battle. You need it for the battle. There was a movie, again, not one I necessarily recommend. had some bad language in it. Is in the late '80s, I think it was called Navy Seals. Had several um, popular actors at the time in it. Part of that SEAL team in that movie was uh, a character that had this powerful, powerful sniper rifle. He was the sniper of the team. Okay, now the sniper set up away from the intensity of the battle. He'd climb up into some high tower somewhere, up on some building somewhere. And he'd set up to where he could look down upon where the battle was. And he had infrared vision. He had a, had a rifle that could shoot through walls. And he had, it was a powerful weapon. And he was, they had communications there. They had walkie-talkies, satellite phones, and so forth. That when they needed him, they could call for that sniper to deliver them from some enemy that they couldn't take care of. You know what they called him? You know what his handle was? God. But that's what they called him. When they got ready for something, they say, God, I need you to shoot this enemy right over here. That was his handle. <laughs> well, that might not have been the best thing to call a man, but I want to tell you, beloved, God, he set up away from the intensity of the battle. He's in his throne room. But he's looking down upon everything that we need. Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Beloved, I want to tell you tonight, as we conclude this series on the spiritual armor, this last item of armor, this secret weapon of prayer, is one of the most important pieces of the soldier's armor that we have. It's the supply line. It's the secret weapon. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, call on God for help because he will always answer. And he always knows exactly what you and I need. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com 
or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 